0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to help everyone out there listening understand how complex we are as human beings. So we have a physical, we have an intellectual, we have a... Uh, emotional and we have a spiritual component to who we are and my focus is to try and help everyone understand how to keep these four legs in balance and so I have guests from all over the United States these days uh, that help me with that uh, process and the person that I have on the show today is brand new to us his name is David Lawrence and we're going to be talking about determinism Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind everybody that all of the shows are archived at um, SynergyRadio.com. And excuse me, (laughs) I thought I was going to sneeze and I didn't. So that's a good thing. But uh, SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And if you go there, uh, there's 28 pages of shows that are listed And you can kind of scroll through each one of the shows has a synopsis. And so the synopsis will help you understand what the show is actually going to be about. Um, Again, if on that website, there is a link to Boomer products and Boomer products are they're the sponsor of the show. But in addition to that, they have kept me super healthy for the last seven years and um, I would encourage you to at least examine some of their uh, testimonials. They have podcasts themselves. They also have a lot of videos. They discuss the products in depth. And um, the two things that I am still encouraging people, when you go for your physical, you have to ask for these two tests. Your doctor will not order them in your labs, unless you ask. One is a C-reactive protein. Uh, it's commonly called a CRP, and that is the level of inflammation that is in your body. And you want that number to be below 0. 0.5. I will tell you that the average person out there has an inflammation level that is probably closer to 3, 4, or 5, unless they are diabetic or have a chronic health condition, which would make it much higher. The last time I went in, mine was a 0. 0.1. So you really want to work on getting that inflammation level down as low as you possibly can. The other one is a D3 and thank goodness, Harvard and uh, Cleveland Clinic and Mayo Clinic, they've all been doing tons of research in the last couple of years because of COVID and recognizing the importance of our vitamin D3. That level for you should be above 70. Again, the majority of people, you're going to find it in the low 40s, even if you're in sunny Florida like I am, because we wear sunscreen, we wear hats, we wear shirts, we protect ourselves from skin cancer, but that also allows us to have lower uh, vitamin D3 levels. And that's your immune system. So um, for a while, I was taking 10,000 international units. Um, I've dropped down to five because the last time I had my test done, my uh, D3 was at 100. So I don't want it to be any higher than that. Um, But having 100 means that when I do run into, you know, some bacteria or viruses, I can pretty much fight it off. And that's what you want. You wanna make sure that you're doing your part so that if you do encounter something, you can at least have a fighting chance. And people that don't know those numbers They really don't have the same ability to fight off disease. So just an FYI, go check them out. It's Boomer Products. They're in St. Petersburg, Florida. And like I said, I've been using them for seven years now. If you decide you want something, they'll give you $5 off if you put my first name, L-U-C-Y, in the discount code box. And um, so it can help with shipping or, you know, just take $5 off of whatever you've ordered. Okay, so... Welcome to the show, David, and um, we're going to be talking about determinism. I want to do a very brief introduction, because I know if somebody wants to get hold of you, you can tell them all the wonderful things that you've done and do do. But you're a social critic and an animal rights advocate, and you've recently written a book called Are We Biochemical Robots? And uh, this showcases the issues that have never been addressed by determinism and you and i talked before the show started because i mm-hmm. think that most people don't mm-hmm. have a clue what determinism e- even means uh, let alone to have a discussion mm-hmm. about it and uh, so you said there's about um half a dozen critical mm-hmm. observations mm-hmm. where determinism breaks down and so i'd like for you to kind of share those ideas first of all so people have like an intro uh, mm. 101 into determinism.
2: Sure. Let me go back to something you said. I I wouldn't say that these issues have never been talked about or brought up before. Mm. Um, I think I've focused on them in a at least one or two of them in a unique way, but I don't want to presume to say that I'm the only one who's raised these issues.
1: Sure, sure. But we That's... don't hear about it very often. I mean, it's, it's nothing that... Um, I don't think people have a glass of wine and discuss this. They probably talk about a lot of other things, but I don't think determinism necessarily comes up in the conversation.
2: It comes up more than you would think. Really? Uh, The springboard for my research was Sam Harris's book, Free Will. Mm -hmm. He's a very popular author. And if you take a look at YouTube and Google, you will see any number of lectures on free will the opposite of determinism, and a number of scientists who are very prominent and have podcasts and have many, many YouTube presentations address the issue. Uh, and there are major personalities like Brian Green and Sean Carroll um, and Sabine Hassenfelder, all of whom have terrific presentations and talks about the subject or and as part of other issues talk about it. Even Jordan Peterson has talked about it. Um, He's one of the very few media personalities who've endorsed free will, one of the very few. Most of them are determinists, but take a look. It's it's quite a bit more prevalent than you might think.
1: Okay, I will do that. So what do you think are the five or six observations that you've made?
2: Well, let me me first do a couple definitions so everybody's, we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Free will is pretty much what you think it means what common sense dictates. We have the ability to think for ourselves. We can make decisions that aren't forced upon us. We can control our actions and take action to implement our decisions. And we can by all of that influence reality influence the world. And that isn't possible under determinism because the world is all determined, which we'll get into in a second. Uh That's the basic definition of free will, pretty much like common sense has it. There Uh are other definitions in the debate, but that's really the one worth talking about. Um, Determinism is, as you might imagine, just the opposite. The Big Bang or whatever set off the beginning of the universe, sent a cosmic row of dominoes forward, and it topples the way it must topple. And every event that happens is predetermined, going back to the big bang, everything. That includes our thoughts, everything we're thinking right now, whatever the audience is thinking right now about me or you is all determined 13.7 billion years ago. We have no choice in the matter. We're just experiencing these physical uh, causes. As they generate our thoughts and actions. Nothing we do uh, is on our own, and we can't do otherwise. That's determinism in a nutshell. The um the flaws, and I'll try and just sort of sketch quickly in outline form the five or six half-dozen biggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are articulated in Harris's book, but He's a representative of determinism in general. So so this is not directed towards him or his book, although some of the arguments are framed in a way that he frames them. Um, The first one is what I call free will absolutism, which is the determinist view that we have to control everything to have free will. Control everything or control nothing. As Harris says, uh, and I'll paraphrase, what does it take to have free will? We would have to control, we'd have to know and control all the factors that determine us, all the factors that determine us. Um, putting aside the begging question of what determines us, he goes on to say it's biology and physiology, and genetics, and birth circumstances, and basically you'd have to be omniscient and omnipotent. So I call that the absolute view of free will. The contrary position, which I talk about a fair amount, is that nobody thinks of free will is absolute. It doesn't have to be. All of those things that he cites are conditions of influence. Free will has to play out upon any number of conditions, including what he mentions and what determinists mention, genetics, biology, etc. We don't obviously create our biology, but that doesn't mean it can't be a platform on which consciousness can operate and perform the operations of free will there's no argument given it's taken as a given free will must control everything
1: oh. so
2: i i go into that a bit and point out it's a silly argument part of the reason it's silly is because it's really the opposite free will needs to have limitations and boundaries in order to operate reality has to be structured if it's not structured with circumstances What is free will going to push against and shape?
1: Right. I mean, your choices are what?
2: The choices are given by circumstances. Exactly. Right. So free will needs to have exactly what this determinist argument is saying. If you don't have it, you don't have free will. So that's the absolutist approach. Um, The next one in a nutshell is there's an argument that in order to have free will, we must know why, the reasons why we do everything. If we can't say the reason why or the reasons why, then we didn't take voluntary action. Mm. And There's some subcategories like we have to know our next thought before it occurs. And I point out that it we don't <laughs> know. Our, ne- our next thought doesn't exist. There's nothing to know until it happens. Same thing as to mental state. Um, but then I dissect a bit the types of uh, decisions, the type of explanations. There's a number of different types. It's not as simple as why can't we explain things, and we usually can explain things, and Harris and determinists point to very discretionary type decisions like choosing ice cream while you didn't choose to like ice cream that your taste buds were just given, but as I point out, that's just another condition, just like how tall you are, or physiology. Many of our needs, not all of them, because we can change our needs and work on ourselves and 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 change them. But but those majority that are given, you know, we like steak, we don't like uh, broccoli, etc. Um, are conditions, and that doesn't mean free will can't choose on the basis of those conditions. No, I'm going to diet. I'm not going to have the ice cream. Boy, do I want it, but I'm not going to have it. So. None of these conditions, and I, I really distinguish between influences, factors of influences, and factors of control. And, and the fork in the road, circumstances, all of that influences us, but it doesn't mean it controls us. And the same thing is the way we ought to think about our preferences and desires, no matter how given they are. We have choices we can make and work with them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: even if we didn't choose them at some fundamental level. Determinists have the misguided idea that we need to determine everything that we can't account for. And it's just a mix up of of conditions and influences to circumstances and determination. So they'll say, well, you didn't choose to have chocolate and you you decided to have chocolate. You can't explain that decision. Of course you can. We're pleasure-seeking creatures. We know from empirical evidence that our taste buds really respond well to chocolate my case, any case, and it's really a, an a empirical inference about what would happen, but one of the most reasonable decisions. So that's there's a few more little parts to that, but that's the basic idea. Um, another one is the issue of causation. Determinism is based on causation, and determinists say to free will advocates, well, what's the mechanism? Prove that we have free will. Show us how it works. Nobody knows how it works. As Harris says, nobody can attest, it's a word he uses, to uh, the mechanism by which um, mental events can give rise to, uh, uh, reverse physical events can give rise to mental events. But what's missing in all of this is that causation is very problematic. You could say back to the determinists well, will prove that causation exists because it's been disagreed about throughout history. It's disagreed about now, whether it exists in what form, Uh, The famous Hume argument is that we never see causation, and everything is really based on Hume, even it's a few centuries old, but anything that has to do with how do we know things and causation, any YouTube video will start with Hume or any lecture, because he said we don't, there's no such thing, we look around and we see necessary, uh, excuse me, we see connections that occur regularly that doesn't mean they're necessarily linked together. It means we see them occur regularly. So I go into that a bit and um, uh, Kant uh, modifies him in a, a certain way, but but basically causation is, let's say, problematic from a conceptual viewpoint. From a scientific viewpoint, that's a whole other issue. And the science of it all is to sort of put it in a nutshell modern science since Newton has been chipping away at the conditions in which free will was barred from existing under Newtonian science. And everybody knows, I think about quantum probability and maybe quantum entanglement. And there's a lot of issues there. Not all quantum theories are probabilistic, there's a split, but I, I sort of chronicle the stepping stones to freedom where you started out with a Newtonian universe and you had this causal chain and nothing could happen that wasn't part of that chain goes back 13 million years. You can't get in there. And then there was a a crack in the egg was randomness. Now we had these events springing forth that could be otherwise. And where did they come from? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And and each random event since the world sets, sends the world on a different course than had that random event, in otherwise, which completely blows out the idea of predetermination, by the way. Nothing can be predetermined at the Big Bang once you let in random events, because each one is a fork in the road that takes the universe off. Um, and most, well, virtually all determinists admit, it's hard not to scientifically, that randomness is, pervades the universe as well as causation. So that takes out predetermination. Quantum theory does its own limiting of uh, causation, Einstein's relativity theory does its own. So there's been this ships at it Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. until you get to entanglement where sort of the biggest kind of stepping stone was uh, removed, at least for the moment, which is that a kind of influence was found to pervade the universe that's not physical, doesn't involve Newtonian local physical contact. And free will would need some sort of non-physical influence if there's something mental or non-physical that's going to come into the world of physicality and have some influence. Entanglement was between physical events. Something happens here and 18 billion galaxies away. doesn't matter how far away. Something happens over there that can't happen under any theories of relativity. It's faster than the speed of light. Violates everything we know and we don't know how the hell it happens. I mean it's just it's just beyond beyond current science to even guess at what's going on there are some theories but in any case, um, that removed one of the biggest impediments not for mental but for the idea that that physical local contact is the only way something can influence something else right So those are the stepping stones there. Um, the biggest, one that I think is the most important, I'll put aside morality for a second, which is sort of a different topic. It's not necessarily a problem with determinism, how they approach it is a problem. But uh, I think the biggest and the the most least talked about to go back to who originated what, there's two people who've talked about this that I know about, and there's maybe more. And it's the idea that every determinist principle is contradictory. Every determinist principle takes away its own validity. And the best way that I have to explain that is if you imagine the determinist world in which all of our thoughts are put into our head. Everything we think now, we are forced to believe. No choice, can't believe otherwise. Physical causes generate them. That is every thought we have, no exceptions. So when a determinist says the world is determined or our thoughts are causally induced, that thought is too. So it has no credibility or truth value if every single thought is the product of outside sources. There is no truth. What we believe is true according to determinism was generated by what was put in our head and what we were forced to believe true so determinism is true okay some some people around this place some biochemical robots which by the way is just a metaphor for we're living but we're determined so Mm -hmm. we have no choice we're robots following our cosmic programming so so every thought is equally determined by outside forces and once you say that the game is over truth goes out the window and this is a very important point to understand. Um, almost never raised, as I say, I know of two, maybe there's some I've missed. It's often raised, this contradiction is called the performative contradiction. It's known, it has a structure. And it's also it, it's often leveled against postmodernist thought. Because postmodernist thought is, there's no such thing as truth. Truth is a means of gaining power and manipulating and controlling people. Mm-hmm. And many critics have said, well, wait a second, Mr. Postmodernist or Ms. Postmodernist, you're setting forth a truth. You're saying there's no truth, but that's a truth that you're telling me about. You're contradicting yourself. And in fact, if if you really want me to believe you, you're trying to control me. That's not truth. You're trying to gain power over me because that's what your theory says truth is. And the common denominator is that if everything we think is forced upon us or if there is no truth, as the postmodernist version of this, it takes away the credibility. It disqualifies the postmodernist or the determinist from talking about the truth. You can't have it both ways. In other words, Mm -hmm. either we have free will or something that allows us to get in touch with reality, make objective observations, you know create a methodology, all that stuff, and we we get something that's true. I have a dog who's trying to get in the door, and believe me, he has free will. No matter how I try and control him, (laughs) I may have to let him in. Um, You don't get to have both truth, and you don't get to make truth claims about anything, including about determinism, if every thought is put into our heads. So uh, that's the fundamental contradiction. So I have a question. Mm-hmm.
1: If every thought is put into our head, you know, according to the Big Bang Theory, right? So According
2: every, to the determinist. determinist but that the said, the,
1: okay. So yeah. if every thought is there, then, you know, back in the Stone Age, we did things a certain way because that's the only way we knew how to do them. And then you move forward to where we are today and where we're going into the future, are, are they really saying that all of that information is there? It was all put there, but we're sorting and we're discovering some of that information little by little?
2: We're not discovering anything because our thoughts were set at the Big Bang 13.7 or 8 billion years ago. And it was already set. So if we think we're discovering something that was an illusory experience that was forced upon us by this chain of physical forces or dominoes that was set off at the Big Bang. We don't discover anything. We don't learn anything. We don't grow. Those are all experiences are being caused that we have to have.
1: So would that fall into line with people who believe in parallel dimensions, that it's all happening at the same time, it's just what dimension you're in?
2: If you're a determinist Mm -hmm. and you make the claim that there are other dimensions, you were caused to make that claim. If, if you make the claim that that's a bunch of baloney and there's no evidence uh, for other dimensions and it's not falsifiable and it shouldn't be part of science, according to determinism, you were forced to believe that. And that's the, that's, that's the contradiction. The mm-hmm. free will advocate was forced to believe in free will. The determinist was forced to believe in determinism. Truth is gone. Everyone's disqualified from saying the truth because they can't get out of the circle of what you believe true is what you were forced to believe.
1: Wow. (laughs) All right, hold on to that thought for just a second. And we're gonna take a brief pause to have a word from our sponsor.
0: Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure, experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever, and it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.BoomerBoost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer Products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code Lucy at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer Products.
1: Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where we're talking with David Lawrence about determinism. And it is very confusing (laughs) because I definitely fall into free will and we come to a fork in the road and it's our choice whether we go left, right, or straight ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously I I wouldn't do well in a deterministic world uh, to to believe that kind of thinking at all. Um, So can you... Well, the good
2: news is there's very little reason to believe that it has any validity. (laughs) Right. that's the good news.
1: right. Um so one of the things that we talked about just briefly before uh we started uh recording is um I, I had taken this for some notes from something that you had sent me. And it said determinism precludes responsibility and morality, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the right or wrong is whatever we believe. So
2: How does that work here it's exactly like you said like any other thought what we believe about who's responsible or what responsibility means what we believe about moral principles or moral truth Mm. determinism is an equal opportunity leveler it's an equal opportunity disqualify any truth you can't be responsible if you don't control your actions that's simple common sense. Mm-hmm. You're a hostage, you're taken prisoner A guns to your head, and you're told you got to put the, ba- the money in the bags and do this and that. You're not going to be held liable for bank robbery. You had a gun to your head. Right. So I, I point out in the book, if, if in a causal world, we always have a gun to our head. There's nothing that we do, that we do voluntarily. We are forced to do everything. So it's simple common sense. You can't have responsibility if you're forced into doing something. It's the basis for American jurisprudence and English jurisprudence. These are defenses. If you if you didn't do, uh, if you were constrained or you were uh, unduly influenced, you're not responsible. Determinists try and have it both ways, just like they try and declare determinism true, but they're declaring true a world in which nobody can make a declaration about what's true because all of that's just uh, stuff that we had to believe. So, they come up with various uh, silly formulas to try and compensate for the, the simple fact that nobody's responsible if their actions are forced. And nobody has any moral code if everything we believe about right and wrong, right, is forced forced thoughts, the same thing. All so, right, they so have I'm gonna,
1: a, I want to interrupt you again for just sure. a second because I, I'm thinking of uh, down here in Florida, we have a major um, interstate called 75 and it goes north and south. So the speed limit is 70, and you can safely probably do 75, 76, 77. Some people might push it to 80, but if there was a policeman, he could give you a ticket. But the majority of people drive on that road, 80, 90, even 100 miles an hour and it's very dangerous and when you have an accident at that speed you know it's usually fatal or mm-hmm. at least you have mm-hmm. messed up a lot of people's lives so if i'm i'm struggling with how to word this so if there is a law that says the speed limit is 70 How, how I mean, I'm, I'm just really struggling with how to word this so that, it, you know, I don't have to obey that law because that was put into um, my head, you know, at the very beginning. And there are no such things as laws. And that's why people can just say, well, I don't have to obey that. I can drive 100 miles an hour.
2: Well, it's not that they say I don't have to. They can say that. But but if you have free will. Mm-hmm. let's start there in reverse you have the you, you have the ability to look at the sign mm-hmm. to make a judgment about your driving skills and what's dangerous and what's appropriate
1: Uh huh.
2: and you can decide to obey it go a little bit above it under the theory that there's some cushion there or you got to get where you got to go and what the hell and you're a good driver and you're going to go 100. so on with free will, you you have the right to make all those judgments and decide what you're going to do. Right. With determinism, whatever you do, you were fated to do billions of years ago. So if you go 100, that was your fate. If you abide by the law, that was the fate. But the thoughts and the judgments, oh, yes, I'm going to abide by it because this and that reason, that was all also predetermined. So you have no choice.
1: That is just a crazy way to think, and in my mind, it's just like, "Wow, how do you how do you do anything?" Whether I'm going to uh, pick up, a, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a firearm and and go kill, you know, ten people today, that was put into my mind, you know, back wow. in the beginning, and then I'm just acting out what was already there.
2: Well, two things about that: you're absolutely right. It is a ready-made excuse, mm-hmm. for misconduct, and they've done tests about cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And determinist tracks and free will tracks, and the people who have determinism in their head uh, cheat more than the free will folk because they say. might
1: have a conscience. The free will people might have a little more of a conscience, and the determinist might not,
2: yes. if it, yeah, if you mean by conscience, they they feel like we have the ability to follow moral codes and do mm-hmm. what's
1: right. Mm-hmm. and
2: determinists but believe that too, but but they, realize that there's an excuse if they don't. <laughs> okay. they, they've tracked that in studies. It's a small group of studies, and it doesn't mean that it, it's hard to extrapolate big term, but it does. it yeah. is very interesting. One of the points I make in the book when you said, what are you going to do, you're going to kill somebody, is that nobody is a determinist. And this is important. There's no such thing as a determinist. Nobody believes or lives by the determinist philosophy that I just gave you. Nobody they get up and they decide what for breakfast and what pants they're going to wear and if they're going to do this and should they skip breakfast and blah, what route to take to work. They, they make nonstop decisions. That's the whole experience in life, just like people who aren't. So nobody is really a determinist. Determinists have a mental framework when you ask them this question about how the world works. And you made a comment, by the way, that's kind of crazy. And it is, but it comes from in large measure, the scientific outlook, the idea that since Newton, you look at science and you find patterns and you believe there are necessary connections and you come up with theories that predict why those. So the whole scientific outlook views the world in a physicalist, materialistic way. So in that sense, it's not crazy. What's crazy is to take the domain of physicality and now say, okay, consciousness, which we don't even know what it is or how it works readily admitted by everybody that that those set of laws also apply to consciousness mm. just to clarify that's the crazy part but determinists um you will see make contradictory statements all the time they'll say uh, uh we're determined by our neural cascades and then they'll say but we have to lock up dangerous criminals Yeah, and say well who's going to lock them up if we don't control our actions Right. Who's going to decide that they're see? So they're they're constantly presuming and affirming free will. And
1: yeah. And determinists, as I understand it, really don't uh, have a judgmental way of looking at anything because it just is.
2: If you were strict,
1: if you strict, were strict,
2: but there isn't one. They, yeah. <laughs> they, they they say they're determinists, and in every example they give you, presumes free will. And I have a a few sections, e- even. I go through uh, uh, their statements, but I also go through what are they doing? They're writing books, persuading people about that free will is the the, the proper way to look at the universe. You can't persuade anybody of anything. You can't change anybody's anybody. so viewpoint. You can't change anything. So why are you advocating? Uh determinism if your intent is to change people you're violating determinist doctrine exactly nobody can act like a determinist and that's why i say there really are no determinists they don't act that way and they don't think that way so when it comes to morality they just spin out free will values like we should take dangerous criminals off the street street, right where did you get that value oh when you start to analyze it it's a free will value
1: right right pick and choose
2: (laughs) They won't do it. That's that's a big part of the book. They will not do it. They huh. want to have truth and then say there's no such thing as truth in their world. And they want to say, we don't have decisions. And they get up and make all the decisions that affirm free will values. When they can't understand morality, because there's no way to, there is no morality. It's whatever you believe. Then they make up moral rules and they borrow them from free will values. And I go through a bunch of examples of how they do that. Hmm it's having it both ways you you hit it right on the head
1: yeah and you know that's you know like all kids they want to have their cake and eat it too right <laughs> and that's kind of what is going on in this sense is mm-hmm. um, I want to give mm-hmm. you a belief that this is how life is but there will mm-hmm. be a lot of exceptions and so then that doesn't work
2: but they don't think they're exceptions. Yeah. That's, that's the part, you know, they just flow into the, there was one physicist, I quote, she gets on stage, she says, our thoughts are determined, this is at a world science festival. Our thoughts are determined seven to 10 seconds before we think them. And that refers to a science test. It's a whole nother uh, topic that I discredit in the book. And then she says, a minute later, well, we've learned self control, you know, speaking of morality, and we we can hold people responsible by the degree to which they exercise self-control and you say what you just said that your thoughts are determined seven to ten seconds before what are you talking about self-control right they just dance back and forth between these things so they think that i'm i'm saying directing something that you said which they uh, which is that they don't believe there's a contradiction they just go right past it it's just mm-hmm. incredible and it's the power, I, you, you say that they were ch- a childish view, and in a sense, that's true. But I think in fairness, you also have to say all the complicated reasons why we hold beliefs in the society, and science is one, and how we grew up to recognize patterns and survive and have adaptive value of knowing from which direction the lions are coming and all of that. There is a fair uh, assumption of causation that is just the way we grow up and the way we do science. Mm. Um, it's just that it has to be put in the domain for which it was developed and not uh, transported into an area that if you ask any anyone they'll say, we don't know how consciousness works, we don't know how consciousness arose from life. there's nothing in the physical by which you can deduce that there would be so or induce the fact that there is conscious experience. It's a mystery
1: right, right, oh wow. Well, our time is all gone for today, but you're going to be back on a couple of other shows here, and we'll be able to delve into this a little bit more deeply. And hopefully, uh, when is your book uh, coming out? Is it available now?
2: The new edition just came out, and I'm working on an illustrated version uh, with an artist who did some fantastic pictures that illustrate the concepts I'm hoping to get that out in two weeks.
1: Okay. Uh, So So anybody who is interested in contacting you so they can get hold of that newest uh, work uh, and your workbook and the book itself Mm -hmm. and everything, um, they'll be able to do it through the links that I'm going to provide on the synopsis. Uh,
2: The the website is, uh, I assume you have this, but it's Uh Uh biochemicalrobots.com and there's an email address where anyone can write, me and I'll respond to them all.
1: Okay. And
2: um, um, if you do searches on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook, biochemical robots, you'll come up with our page. Or
1: So do you have a robot on the inside of your house someplace?
2: Uh, yes, it's called a toaster. <laughs> and and it, 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 it more or less obeys causal laws. But I have to say, I'm not all the time. I'm a little suspicious that it's a little... Uh, feisty and uh,
1: doing its own thing.
2: <laughs> it defies me now. My phone defies me more often. I will say <laughs> that, so it may be the best candidate. But um, uh,
1: well, thank you for being a guest on the show, and I look forward yeah. to having you back in a few months. And please, everybody, share the show with anyone uh, that is a friend or even a foe uh, to help them maybe think a little more critically about free will and determinism. And go out there and please make this your very best life. See you next time.